podcast where we're challenging leaders to think beyond the one ministry they're involved in to how they can ignite movements that will have an impact for the kingdom of God. Last episode, we talked about ways that we need to think differently if we're going to ignite movements. So we really kind of focused in on the head. Today, I really want to focus in on the heart. What needs to change in what we desire and, and what we've set our hearts on in order to really make a difference for the kingdom of God? How can we change what we care about? And so that's what I really want to drill down on. Uh, in this episode, and today I'm joined by Buddy Gozi, who is the campus pastor of Northridge Gray, and so we're excited to have him with us on the Ignite Movements podcast. Buddy, tell us a little bit about your story and how it relates to what we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, thanks for having me. I'm thankful for this resource that I know is going to bless a lot of people. Uh, so me, I started uh, vocational ministry at 22 years old, starting a church plant. Uh, with uh, minimal knowledge, but just growing in a desire of, of truly what does it look like to be uh, disciple multipliers, what does it look like to be for our city. And uh, the, the reality is, even though I was only 22, even though I didn't have as much uh, training or as much experience as many uh, leaders around me, there were still many things I had to unlearn. There was a lot of things that uh, too often I settled for what was good instead of what is best. And uh, I joke all the time, I was two and a half years into our church plan. And I said, if I could redo it, I'd, I'd, I'd do it all over. There, well, not all of it over again, but there's many things we would do differently. We have, we have learned a ton through that. And a lot of the things that I would change are simply because we were focused on good things, but maybe not what was best. Mm, boy, that's huge. Uh, talk, talk just a little bit about that, good things versus what's best. We're going to really dive into some of those. I think we'll, we'll break that out, but, but talk a little bit about what do you mean by that? Yeah, exactly. So um, it, I think even in our current uh, church culture, uh, we have been discipled to move towards uh, maybe how the church disciples people instead of how Jesus uh, his model for discipleship. So uh, again, things that are effective and are maybe moving the ball down the field, such as uh, attendance or such as um, you know people coming to know Jesus, uh, things that are celebrate that are good things, uh, but we stop uh, short of truly what does it look like to develop leaders that are developing leaders? What does it look like uh, to have disciple multipliers? Because um, you know you can have growth, but if you want to have a movement, uh, you really got to focus on what's best, and that, that takes a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. That takes saying no to a lot of good things. Um, so that we can save our yes for pursuing what's best. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's jump into some of these things where we need to change what we care about because it's so easy to get engaged in the day-to-day -day ministry and just plowing ahead. And as you said, we're doing good things. And, and so we've seen a few good things happen. Uh, but really, when we really stop and we push back a little bit, and I think sometimes this is one of the things that wears on us in ministry, is when we really push back and think about it for a second, we're think, we realize, man, I think... What we're structured around is not the most important thing. The, the, the things that we're pouring all our effort into really were structured around things like attendance and giving, which uh, tends to be one of the, you know, the main things that, that, that churches and church leaders focus on. Uh, and, and when we really push back, we, we ask ourselves, are we really, really making a difference? And so you know, I think one of those areas where we have to really drill down on is we have to ask ourselves what we care about when it comes to this issue of attendance versus life change. Right. Uh, because it is, it's actually pretty easy to draw a crowd. I think it's getting harder mm -hmm. to draw Absolutely. a crowd because I think that a lot of folks who, who uh, you know, would typically just kind of feel like they should be in church but really weren't that engaged are really kind of dropping by the wayside in our culture today. But uh, if you put on the biggest show in town, you will draw a crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, and so attendance will be going up. Uh, you know, things will look good. Uh, sometimes if you're a really large church, and this is something to really pay attention to, it can be very exciting. You can feel like you're baptizing a person a week, mm -hmm. but you have to ask yourself if we're a 3,000 person church, 
is that okay? Is that enough? Mm. You know, if you've got a 300 person church baptizing somebody every other week, like that's a lot of life change compared to a 3,000. But you can feel like, man, look at what's going on. Our church is so amazing uh, because we're baptizing somebody every week. Uh, and so I think it's, it's good to push back a little bit sometimes and, and ask yourself, do we, do we just have a great crowd or do, are we really like, are we set up to really see life change on a regular basis? Uh, is it is it just about the crowd uh, and the and the service, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, drawing people in, and then and then they make a decision there, or is it that we really have developed people to to be life changers in our in our culture, disciple makers in our culture, uh, so that, that that really it's a disciple making machine versus just a come and see uh, show, uh, and so that's a shift that I think is really hard for pastors because. We like the big crowd, yeah, that's right. you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a big crowd, but the, but the real question is the, the measure that we should, this is where we change what we care about. The measure is, is this really about life change? Is this really about developing people who are making disciples that are making disciples? Or is this, is this really just about how big of a crowd we can get together? That's right. And, and you know, Jim, something for me, when we have a good attendance Sunday, uh, I'm satisfied and excited for what, maybe until the next Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's because yeah. in our heart of hearts, we know it's true life change that God has has uh, ignited something within us for us to lead to other people. And that's good. I'm glad that I, I'm not satisfied in my heart of hearts with that, that there's a deeper mm -hmm. longing. Uh, something I'd love to talk about a shift is um, being a people, instead of uh, really valuing just decisions, uh, to actually valuing disciple multiplying. So uh, I have been raised in plenty of churches where I have seen people give themselves to Christ seven and eight, nine, ten different times. Yeah. Um, so we have these different decisions, and I don't, I don't uh, discredit that they had a spiritual encounter or that they desire to maybe recommit some areas of their life to Christ. Uh, but the problem is that was the main thing they celebrated, and, and that's where they left it. But in order for us to be a people who see sustained life change within the people uh, that we are not just leading to Jesus, but discipling them in a relationship with Jesus, I truly believe we need to equip them to be disciple multipliers because mm -hmm. the healthiest way to keep them growing is to have them dependent on the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, sharing their God stories immediately. That's one of the first things we do in our church is when someone uh, begins to experience life change, they, they commit their lives to Christ, we help them recognize they now have a God story. Their life is different. Who can you begin sharing that with? And the Lord begins to restore the joy of our salvation every single time we get to share those. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we have seen is a third, fourth, fifth generation uh, discipleship uh, from people who immediately we mobilize and we don't have them settle for good things like uh, uh, all their focus on volunteering or all their focus on community groups or, 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 or things that are a part of their life, but their main focus is what does it look like to invest where we live, work, and, and play. Mm -hmm. and, and as they begin to make disciples, they begin to be stretched. They begin to be driven to the scriptures and to rely on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that's so good. Uh, one of the things that we've seen is when we take that shift and we really we care more about disciples than we do decisions that are being made is is we we are seeing rock solid decisions right. being made. Like, uh, and, and I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. If if you're a church that that just kind of ends the service and says, "Hey, throw your hand up if you're accepting Jesus," you know, I'm I I don't want to discredit that and some of what what is happening there, but I do want you to stop and think for a second. We live in a very postmodern culture. If somebody truly is is a, is a not a non Christ follower that's sitting in your service, there's a good chance they don't they don't have any framework for the the emotional decision that they're making in that moment. Right. Uh, and so I just I just want you to ask yourself. Uh, you know, you may be putting up on. On, uh, on Facebook the next, you know, that afternoon, hey, 15 decisions made for Jesus today and things like that. 
Uh, and that's cool. And, and, and again, I'm sure there's plenty of stories that you can say, hey, yeah, that person's life really was changed. But, but step back a little bit and evaluate and ask yourself, how many of those are really kind of following through? Right. Or as Buddy said, how many of them are then the next week getting resaved? Right. Uh, you and know? how are we following through? <laughs> yeah. Right. When we see that, like, yeah. what are we driving them towards? And, and you don't have a connection with that person. How many times have I gotten, you know, we, we have tended not to, to do the you are getting saved right now without a personal, you know, any personal conversation with somebody right. so that we can really guide them. We've tended not to do that, but we have, we have had them, you know, check a card that says, hey, I'm interested in having a conversation. It's interesting that they will have an emotional moment in, in the service and say, I'm interested in having a conversation about the eternity of my soul. And then when you go to follow them up, they don't even care enough to get back with you. Right. So what would that say if I had asked them to raise their hand and say, right now I'm accepting Jesus? Right. Uh, and so... Um, and so it's just really kind of interesting because we are seeing just really like rock solid people sticking with their faith and, and, and just rabid about it uh, as opposed to uh, this tepid like, yeah, I, you know, I guess, I, I guess I'll do that. I guess I'm in on that. And if it's hard tomorrow, then I guess I'm out. Uh, and so uh, that, that's one thing that's really interesting. Plus the follow up. Is, uh, is, is totally different because right. it's coming out of personal conversations That's with right. people. So it's not just me chasing somebody around trying to say, hey, you, you checked a card, you raised a hand, uh, but it's actually them already walking with somebody who's been walking with them and will keep walking with them to the point that they're making disciples. And what I love is much of our follow-up is not the pastors or the staff. It's usually someone who's been discipling them up until that point to where I'm just saying, hey, you need to continue to meet with this person or, hey, will you follow up with them? Um, and then that's how we're seeing the disciple multiplying because I am not robbing these other people in our church from the joy of discipling their friend or family member. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, another shift I think we have to make when it comes to how what we care about, changing what we care about, is my church versus the kingdom. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with being excited about growing your church and, and what God is doing in your church and that kind of thing. But, but I think so many times, one of the reasons we get so focused on attendance uh, is because that's one of those things that shows that my church is succeeding. Uh, and it's because we haven't changed what we care about. And so what would it look like to actually be a church that um, you know, has an attendance of 500 people last year, but this year has an attendance of 350 because you sent out right. 200 people to go start another church, but you've gained 50 back. You know, like that's a kingdom mindset and versus, hey, th my church is actually less. So that doesn't look good for my church, but it does look good for the kingdom. And I think a lot of times what we see in, in, in cities is people, uh, you know, kind of run to the biggest church brand at the moment and we say, oh, well, you know, yeah, this church is dying and this church is dying and that church is dying. And I hate that. I hate to see that. But God's still working because this church over here is growing. And I think when we really push back and we can do that pretty easily to push back and, and, and look back, you know, 20 years now and say, oh, wait a minute. While people were running from, from the hottest church brand to the hottest church brand, the kingdom got smaller mm -hmm. and not only a smaller portion of our culture in terms of percentage, but possibly even smaller in a lot of cities. Uh, and that's not okay. Like that, like that's going to call on us as leaders to change what we care about. Right. Uh, and, and what we don't realize is that if you happen to be the person with the hot church brand at the moment, you got to be responsible for yeah. this concept. 
um, because because it's not okay. We all lose if we're all losing, and and that's what's happening. And, and Gen Z, they don't want any type of brand expanders. They can sniff that out from a mile away. They're not interested in building your church, uh, but many of them are interested in having an eternal purpose, which we can help them find in kingdom work. So yeah. something for me that helps keep me grounded, Jim, is I specifically will spend time throughout my week uh, discipling, investing in, uh, developing leaders or people in our community that do not go to Northridge. Mm-hmm. That helps my heart stay pure of rem- reminding myself my leadership is beyond just growing my local body. It's actually being for the church and the city that I'm in. Yeah. And, you know, for us as an organization, one of the things that, that one of the shifts that we made that shows that that's kind of how we think uh, is just even my role because I stepped out of leading a campus and uh, obviously I'm investing a ton in Northridge and what we're doing, but it also frees me up mm-hmm. to pour more and more into the community uh, in terms of anybody who's planning a church or revitalizing churches and things like that and, and relaunching churches. So uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's a kingdom mindset that we're pouring resources uh, into. So uh, another issue is addition versus multiplication. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, again, it kind of comes back to that whole measuring attendance and that's all you care about. Uh, kind of thing, but uh, but you know our, it, just because you're you know you look at your stat line and last year you were at, you know at this point and this year you're up and to the right a little bit or a lot even uh, is that is that good enough is should we should should we just settle for that uh, in other words uh, and I think it's I think it's very easy to settle for that because it feels like success everybody around you is happy it's safe yeah yeah it's safe. But uh, the question is, is are we multiplying? Yeah. Because really what Jesus, the, 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 the model that Jesus set for us is a very much a multiplication mindset uh, of, of people being willing to, to spin off and invest in other places and, 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 and just, you know, this person is leading two people and that person is leading two people and, and it's, just, it's just exploding. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times we are just happy with addition versus, uh, instead of the multiplication aspect of it. And I think we have to look at, uh, at every level, whether it's in discipleship, community groups, uh, physical campuses or locations. Like, are we, if we haven't multiplied, are we, are we at least structured and we're moving towards it? Do we have the systems in place, the leaders in place? Are we saying no to certain things so that we can say yes towards at least pursuing that? Mm. Because not everyone's going to be able to multiply this year or, or in the next two, but are we moving towards right. those things? And one of the things that's interesting is I, I think a lot of churches maybe are struggling, and so they're thinking, I don't know how I can be involved in multiplication, right. uh, but you actually can be uh, in lots of ways, in investing in, in churches that are multiplying and, and helping them, or maybe even just giving them the space. A lot of the most viral churches in our communities are, are churches that don't, are, they're homeless. They don't actually have a permanent place to meet That's right. uh, or that kind of thing. So there's a lot you can do to say, hey, if God's working here, we can jump on board with it and we can be a part of multiplication. Which goes back to the kingdom principle. Yeah, exactly. About. Exactly. Uh, you were interested in talking a little bit about this leader versus you know developer. Yeah, kind of- absolutely. And that's a shift that I have had to see is I don't just lead at NRCC Gray. I am a developer of leaders at NRCC Gray. Uh, our higher capacity leaders, I've been talking to them, you are now developers. So what I mean by that is um, if you lead, again, that might be an, an addition uh, type mindset where you might lead a few people, but if you are, are developing leaders in different capacities from, from deacons to community group leaders to communicators um, to, to people who know how to make disciples that make disciples, as you develop them, it's really a decentralized model. It, like, it, it takes a, you a step back. It's not as dependent on you, which leads to multiplication. Uh, something Mac Lake has shared is uh, just how do, we, how do we become developers? Well, we need to provide three different things. We need to provide opportunities. We need to provide uh, uh, resources, and we need to provide coaching. Uh, 
So I've been talking to our higher uh, capacity leaders and say, hey, I, I want to mobilize you. I, I need to be providing these three things to you, but I want to mobilize you. Who is someone that you can give some resources to, a little bit of coaching, and, and maybe another opportunity to in the next uh, you know, week, month, stuff like that, so you can actually start developing them deeper. So that's when it gets fun for me, is I'm not just developing them, but I'm developing them to develop others. Yeah, and again, that kingdom mindset that you're developing them no matter what they can possibly do for your organization right. in the future or not. Um, you know, recently uh, was poured into developing, continue to, to develop a, a, a leader that uh, I finally looked at him uh, when I was uh, uh, still uh, leading the, the Springbrook campus, and I said, "Stop coming here." Wow. Uh, you know, because he's ready to go out and really kind of start a movement, and I, he just doesn't need to keep bringing people and getting them kind of attached to, to, to Springbrook. And you can't uh, start new movements if he's still with you. Right? Yeah, so he just need, he needs to go. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll do whatever we can do to try to help him him succeed. You just recently sent somebody who you really poured into to develop and you always knew he was not going to be staying in our right. area to the other end of the state. And we're actually like really excited about what that That's can right. end up looking like. We feel like we just unleashed something on Memphis that like, that, you know, they don't know what's coming. We're going to be blessed. Yeah. So as we look at all of that, like, why do you think this is so hard for pastors? Uh, why and why is it so important for pastors to address this? Uh, there, there's there's sacrifice. There's things that you might have to say uh, externally or internally. I've I've done we've done this wrong, or, or we're not done what is best, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to have to to again say no to a lot of stuff, and it's important for us to address it because if we don't, who will? Yeah. Like we are leading the culture within this, and sometimes there's a delay in in fruit, or there's a delay in in realization of how God's working within this. But you mm -hmm. truly have to trust the model and the process. Again, like this is not Jim and Buddy's plan. This is Jesus has modeled this yeah. for us. Yeah, I think it's hard because first of all, it's obviously a lot of hard work. We we talk all the time about the word detox. Like mm -hmm. you're you're detoxing yourself from caring, you know, caring about the things that you've just been 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 brought up or raised, so to speak, to to, to think are important. Uh, but then also, like you're trying to detox a whole group of people and right. get them to refocus a different direction. Uh, and, and again, as long as as long as attendance is going up and giving is going up, there just doesn't feel to be this this compulsion to change right. it. Uh, and so that's I think that's very very hard for us to to just say okay we're gonna we're gonna head in a different direction and we're gonna start caring about something different than what we cared about. And what a great time right now we're filming this in the middle of, of the COVID pandemic and yeah. it's like God has stripped away like there was many weeks we could not measure attendance. There's many weeks where we've had to reevaluate our finances and yeah. because sacrificial giving is difficult. God is, has, this is the season that it will be easiest to change what you care about. So I would encourage you to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, so let's talk about, you know, just some practical steps that we can take to, to begin to head down this road. The first thing is just change what you measure. Yeah. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that in the last episode. Uh, but change what you measure, change what you celebrate. Uh, that's a subtle shift that will begin to help your church to begin to think differently. So uh, maybe you don't talk about attendance as much. Maybe you begin to talk more about uh, how many disciple makers we really have in our culture uh, or how many uh, you know, baptisms have we have. And that's really the standard. It's not decisions. Uh, it's easy sometimes to rack up those decisions and, and not talk about the baptisms. But if you can't 
physically get your hands on them to baptize them right. in a few weeks after they made a decision, you probably didn't get, you didn't, probably didn't make a disciple. You got a decision. Like I'll, take, about I'll take it a step further, Jim. Like even what does it look like to celebrate uh, the person that led, helped lead them to mm. Christ too? So oh, yeah. many times we're not the ones baptizing the people. I'd yep. say 90% of the time I'm not unless I'm yep. personally involved. So mm -hmm. if you know this person's baptizing that person, I'm celebrating their sacrifice and, and how that God used them to help bring them to this point as the discipler as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That, that, that gives you a huge opportunity to really point to this person and say, look, everybody, this is what this person has done that's really, really well. Yes. Uh, so uh, the second thing would just be restructure yourself, begin to restructure your, your church uh, or your ministry to prioritize what is actually important. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, what does that look like practically? Um, I, I, think, I think it's value-based decisions. So like, like, what are your values? For us, is connect, give, serve, and multiply. Mm -hmm. So like, are, are we actually moving towards these four values? Our, our vision is igniting life-changing movements that transform communities. Yeah. Are, are, are we structured towards that? And if, if not, then that's, you know, every decision has to be evaluated, I think, through mm -hmm. that. And that's as a leadership. If your leadership does not know your values, you're not going to be able to make value-based yeah. decisions. That's good. That's good. And then you had one as well you, you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I, I think really just being able to protect your yes. Uh, realizing that every time you say yes, you're saying no to something. And that really gets back to value-based leadership as well. That, um, you know, whenever, whenever you are saying no to some good things that some people want to have a hard time with, Help them understand that there are new opportunities that, 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 that we're saying no to this in order so that we can say yes to this higher thing. Because mm -hmm. no one likes to be told no, mm -hmm. but they like to be told, hey, but here's the direction that God's leading. This is how it might be more effective. I would love to give you resources, opportunities, and coaching to pursue that. So, yes, we are protecting our yes, mm -hmm. um, not so much so to focus on, on what, what is the no, but on what is best. And uh, I just truly believe simple things multiply. Yeah. Movement starts out of simplicity. So like ask yourself, is my church a simple the church I lead, is it a simple church? And if it's not, then you need to start protecting your yes. Yeah. I, I don't remember who first said it. Uh, I'm sure it was Andy Stanley, Greg Rochelle, somebody, you know, who said your church is as much about what you say no to as what you say yes Absolutely. to. And uh, you will have a lot of well meaning people who uh, there's always the people who, who join your church and say, you know, I left my last church because I got upset about something. But the one thing they did that was really good that I wish you guys would start. And, and so if every person who comes to your church wants to add that one thing from the other church, and you just have to be just really dogmatic about the fact that this is who we are, this is what we value, this is what we do. Um, and then if you're re really celebrating that well, right. it, a lot of times it makes the point for you. Yeah. People say, okay, well, I, I really miss this ministry, that ministry, but man, I am excited to be a part of it. Because right, culture gets set when, when uh, it's a majority of people do it majority of the time. So mm -hmm. it just begins to shift one conversation at a time. That's good. Hey, each episode we like to push some sort of resource that goes along with what we have been talking about. Last episode we talked about IgniteDiscipleship.com and the Ignite uh, 2 training weekends, uh, which are now... Uh, completely on Zoom right now because of COVID, uh, and which is good. You don't have to travel, uh, and, and so it's, it's great. Uh, but Dan Greider heads those up, and he has written a book called The Starfish Movement. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com, obviously, and pick that up. And uh, I just really want to encourage you to grab that because it's going to help you think differently. It's going to help you think beyond just your ministry to thinking about, am I actually uh, starting a movement? Uh, and it's going to really help you change what you care about. And so I just want to encourage you as we wrap up, that when you change what you care about, you're able to begin to prioritize the things that are truly important. That's right. And that's that's really fulfilling. Uh, some of your burnout ministry, uh, it, you, all you're doing is putting out fires and you're just dealing with people who are complaining and that kind of thing. Uh, but you like to be 
uh, you know, working with people who, who are experiencing life change and you would like to be you know, shepherding those people and guiding those people to make more disciples and you'd like to see your community actually changed uh, spiritually. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, it starts with you changing what you care about. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next month. Thank you.